<laughs> Look, this is why we're here. We uh, love yes. Snark oh my here at the Book Snarks podcast. <laughs> love it. Oh, Felix is going to be a fave. I know it. Uh, yep. Welcome to the Book Snarks podcast, where hosts Crystal and Heidi talk about the books that keep us all up at night. Hello, hello. Welcome back, everyone. We are starting part two of Iron Flame today. We are going to be getting into all of the nitty gritty details and action packed pages of the second half of this book. Whoa. Part one is already live. We covered the first half of the book. If you have not listened to that already, go ahead and take a listen to that first. The last part of this little mini series will be the theories section, and we are saving the best for last. We have some good, juicy theories for you. We can't wait. So tune in for that as well. Spoiler warning before we get into it. We are talking all things Iron Flame, all things Fourth Wing, any bonus content, any interviews with Rebecca Yaros. All of those things are fair game. We do not want to ruin anything for you. So if you have not finished any of those things, bookmark the episodes and come back. It will be worth it, I promise. A quick recap before we get started where we finished off in part one. Violet has survived her five-day interrogation from Varish. They have killed Varish. We got a huge info dump from Lilith before they left Bisgaeth. Violet, Zayden, and Dane lay out all the information to all of the cadets at Bisgaeth, and they give them a choice whether they want to stay or go. Half of those cadets decide that they want to leave, and they all fly for Arisha. With that, let's get into part two. Let's go. Part two opens up at chapter 37, and the nightmares are back. Violet's getting visited by the sage in these dreams that she's having, 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 you know, having, having, (laughs) and he seems to be the main character of her nightmares. Mm -hmm. And there's more cryptic messages. He says, you sleep beyond the wards and the longest night has yet to pass. Um, excuse me, Mr. Sage. What the fuck does that mean? Mm. So she wakes in Zayden's room at Ryerson house. And wouldn't you know it? She's all mended. All mended after that week of torture from Varish. And nothing makes you quite as randy <laughs> as dodging death. Because <laughs> Violet and Zayden make sure that they celebrate the right way. But don't worry, y'all. The room is warded for sound. <laughs> the so sound wards are back. There are more pressing matters outside that door where a hundred plus cadets wait for their orders and wait to be told what life's going to be like in Arisha. Oh, and the assembly is quite surprised and not at all happy about the new arrivals at all. (laughs) But none of that really matters at the moment because guess who's awake? Our favorite teenager, Andarna. I love it. Thank the gods. Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back. Okay. And I kind of love about this, about her waking up because earlier in the book, it gives like these four facts about the dreamless sleep. The last one is that they wake up hungry. And we know human teenagers are like a bottomless pit. So dragon teenagers, RIP to the mountain sheep, okay? Like she is on a mission. She's ready to go. I just, I don't know. It made me chuckle. See you later. (laughs) Any sheep that's within a hundred mile radius of Anjana when she wakes up. (laughs) 
Entering into 38, tell us about the epigraph. Epigraph says, with all we've sacrificed for this kingdom, we'd better be able to defend it. From the Journal of Warwick of Lucerus, translated by Violet. So this is what she's working on when they get back to Arisha post as Gaeth desertion, if you will. Yeah, and sadly, we learn upon Andarna's waking that she may never be able to bear a rider because she's not strong enough in her wing. And of course... That makes us so sad and Violet can't help but to blame herself Mm -hmm. for that because of all the trauma that Andarna went through before she was even a teenager when she was just a little babe. So everyone's settling into their new normal in Arisha, back to the writers. They have Battle Brief, which Devera drives, and it puts everybody's mind at ease, sort of, but... Then Tarn gives the warning that a riot approaches. And we're like, already? They found us already? Like, what in the world? But it's Mira. But we still don't know where Mira's loyalties lie. Because remember, she didn't know about everything. Yeah. And so Tarn, being the more act now, ask questions later dragon that he is, decides to just put Tyne in his jaws until they sort it all out. (laughs) So she's like, I'm just going to go ahead and hold on to your neck while the humans talk. (laughs) And that's exactly what happened. But sigh of relief, we learn that Mira is in fact on the right side of history and she knows and believes Violet and understands everything that's been going on. Mm -hmm. Zayden told her everything. Mm -hmm. Lilith told her everything. And here she is. The reunion is cut short because out walks Brennan and Mira's like, Mm. Brennan? And Brennan's Come here, give me Bring a it in. big hug, sis. <laughs> Let's, we're all together, finally. And Mira waxing as hard as possible, right in the face, just bloody Straight nose to the nose. Instead. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of love this reaction. It feels like <laughs> it's, yeah. the, like most human feels nature. Like Mira. Yeah, it, 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 it's like She's so mad. true to her. Yeah. And then we get into, oh, you got some thoughts on I do. I had to, I have to backtrack just a little bit back to that epigraph because... Mm. We learn that Warwick is from Lucerus, which is how I've been saying it. I'm not sure this is how you say it. That's how I say it too. Okay. He's from Lucerus. If you look at the map, Lucerus is nowhere near. So far away. Any Like anywhere that we've been in, our, in this story thus far. It's so far away. So far away from the wards. How does he have such a say? And how how was he one of the original writers? What did to, he sacrifice? Uh-huh. I just don't know how he was one of the original bonded writers coming from so far away and what den came from all the way over there. How did they find the veil? You know, like, again, with all of my questions. Well, was it Basgaeth? Was there a Basgaeth and that's how they got writers? Or was it just like random dragons cruising around the streets? Basgaeth, I don't think, existed yet. When Did it? When the original bonded writers started that's a good question i do not know i don't know either i mean it could have and maybe not the writer's quadrant maybe it was just the other two three quadrants Mm -hmm. that would make sense considering it's called a quadrant but so mirror punches him in the face we go into chapter 39 and we're already thinking dinners at the soren gill house must have been wild (laughs) unhinged (laughs) wow (laughs) and while brennan's nose bleeds all over the place Mira berates him for hiding his life and from everyone Mm -hmm. and Violet 
you know, plays the neutral little sis and it comes out like, what would his father think? I think Mira asks Brennan that, like, what would our dad think? Mm -hmm. And his answer is uh, very poignant because he says, our father would understand what I've been doing. Okay. Did we need any more confirmation that Pop Thorngale was part of the rebellion the original rebellion or that he knew too much or whatever yeah he knew he was a part of it and he was killed for it and that Mm -hmm. is my hill to die on (laughs) i think he was i think he absolutely was i have a theory about that maybe we'll get to it maybe (laughs) (laughs) fast forward and violet thinks she's figured out how to raise the wards Mm -hmm. and so she says hey assembly we gotta go do this so the assembly her and Bodie gather to give it a try they cut their wrists they put their bloody palms on the ward stone and they try it but it is a dud it is a failed attempt the wards Mm -hmm. did not rise she's not exactly winning favor with the assembly Mm -hmm. in any way Mm -hmm. well maybe except for Felix who's coming into play Felix is a good guy yeah but anyway my word who is this Viscount Takaris dude And why does Zayden hate him so? Because he's been mentioned a lot. We haven't met him yet, but he comes into play again. And Zayden's like, no, we are not taking Violet there. Quit asking. Enter chapter 40. (laughs) We start chapter 40 with the epigraph. It says his first true action of rebellion was to seek allies. The first of which was Viscount Takaris of the Paromish province of Krovla. That's from the Tyrish Rebellion, a forbidden history by Colonel Felix. There's Felix. Gerald. Is that our Felix? I think it's our Felix. I think it's our Felix too. I also want to point out because we were talking and I don't know if we've talked about this yet. So please stop me if we haven't. But on page 12, when we're talking about all the places the Venom hit Mm -hmm. up along that river, Mm -hmm. the Krovla province was untouched. Well, I don't know that we've talked about it yet, but I will get there. We will absolutely get there. And it's all back in that page 12 ominous battle map totally yeah okay well this chapter blurb does give us some idea that someone zayden's dad perhaps started the alliance with the viscount Mm -hmm. during the first revolution the first rebellion but we still have more questions than answers after the failed attempt to raise the wards felix agrees that violet needs some training she needs to learn how to control her signet and it's of a top priority he wants to protect the cadets that are in arisha (laughs) but he also wants to help violet grow and he's just the teacher to do it i have questions about felix though Mm -hmm. because was he a writer does he have a signet what's going on with felix who is he Mm -hmm. but this felix fella of the assembly has some sarcastic jabs and we love to see it. Violet strikes, okay? Violet's like, ah, look at my lightning. Isn't she a beaut? <laughs> He's like appalled. He's like, what was that shit? <laughs> try again. And this time, let's try the revolutionary tactic of aiming, shall we? <laughs> like, I immediately fell in love with Felix. I know, after this. same. <laughs> Look, this is why we're here. We uh, love yes. Snark oh here at the Book Snarks podcast. <laughs> love it. Oh, Felix is going to be a fave. I know it. Uh, yep. But then he says something interesting. He says, lightning comes from the sky or the ground, depending on the storm. So why not your hands to Violet? Mm-hmm. Side note, we know that Venon draw power from the ground. But what Felix is suggesting is that Violet can wield energy from the ground up and from the sky down without being vented at all, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how that's going to come into play later, but I think that's an important factoid that he threw at us. Yes. In fact, 
Felix is spouting all kinds of knowledge about Violet's signet. She is pure power, but it manifests as lightning because that's what she's comfortable with. And I'm immediately thinking at the chapter one of Fourth Wing when she says storms comfort her. And it's because her mom's a storm wielder. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that had any anything to do with why she chose subconsciously to wield lightning. I think there's several factors to it. I think mom is definitely like a major part of it. But is there any correlation to Tarn he's thunder to her lightning yeah that's true so I think there's a few things that kind of all come together for her to like choose lightning it's also light to Zayden's dark those are (laughs) solid points I think for sure but we do get the impression that Felix is a firm but fair leader a great teacher I like Felix it also spotlights how shitty Carr was like how is Carr the one at Bezgaeth trying to teach people about their signets and all he did was have Violet all willy-nilly out there trying to... I know. Like, try not to hit the school. It's so... Yeah. It's so bad. And then Felix is over here like, what was that shit? Right. And then he gave her the uh, conduit. Yes. To help her yes. control it. Later, we see Violet ignoring everyone's advice yet again, including Zayden's. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. And it might be a family trait because... <laughs> Both of her siblings, Mira and Brennan, decide to sneak off to Corden because after the failed attempt to raise the wards, Violet was real desperate to get some help for the rebellion and she wants that luminary. She knows if she can wield for this Viscount fella that she can get the luminary and she's like, fuck it, I'm going to go without you, Zayden. And she takes her siblings and she sneaks on off to, to meet the Viscount. Whew. Side note. I really do finally want to talk about where they go. They go to Corden, which is in the Kravla province, which seems fairly untouched by Venon, even though that river runs right along its border where all the Venon have sacked. In chapter two, she is checking out a battle map that is a much more up-to-date version of a map than what they get in Battle Brief at Vizgaeth. It shows the barons all stained red in the whole map, and it spreads north into the Breivik province. It also shows newer battle sites marked with an alarming number of bright red and orange flags. Corden sits on the southern peninsula of Romeo. Romeo. I think that was right. How does everything spread from the barrens west and north, but for some reason it does not go south down into Corden. It's all surrounded by water. Well protected. It's, yeah. I kind of feel like he's exposed. There's a reason he shouldn't have been sacked. He should he should have been a target. In my view, there's a reason he wasn't. That's what I mean by protected. There, okay, there you go. And we already know Zayden doesn't like him, so there's something there. Something's fishy. So the siblings think that they can show the Viscount Violet's lightning without being found out by Zayden. But little do they know, Zayden would be waiting for them when they arrived in Corden. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> hey guys, here I am. <laughs> and Zayden feels pretty cozy at the Viscount's digs, honestly. Like, he has his own room. He has his own wardrobe, for fuck's sake. <laughs> He's been there before. He knows him very well. And the Viscount comes to greet them after an honesty test. And mm. he is this dapper, older gent in a blue tunic. And he's also Catriona's uncle. And now we can connect the dots on the familiarity. And of mm. course, the Caddy X happens to be there and makes no secret of her desire to win Zayden back. But 
can Violet come back with a clapback? Oh, yeah, she can. Because oh, yeah. during conversation, what does she say? She says, are you capable of having a discussion that doesn't revolve around him? Somehow Kat yeah. still manages to get into her head, but Violet stands her ground a little bit at least. Somehow Kat still manages to get in her head. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> and that brings us to chapter 41. We learn that Catriona can literally amplify emotions and she sucks. So the reason she's in Violet's head is because she's blowing up Violet's emotions, her own insecurities. Mm. Hey, getting back to the mission at hand, Violet needs to wield lightning to appease the Viscount. What she doesn't know is that she's going to have to hit a target. This iron box that the Viscount brings out that just so happens to be Zayden's dad's most treasured item. Mm-hmm. He puts this box out in the field and he's like, you gotta hit it. The rain is coming down. Shit gets tense and we're all just biting our nails. But this is when something very confusing happens, okay? The double doors of the chest burst open and a venom comes out and he's wearing these tattered maroon tunic and he's looking like he's been in prison for months all hands on deck now we gotta fight that's where the chapter ends because why would it end with closure (laughs) because rebecca writes this book and this is how we end chapters All right, epigraph to start off chapter 42 says, though her extraordinary signet allows her to extend the wards around herself and her dragon, Cadet Sorengill lacks the consistent ability to produce her own wards without extreme emotional distress. I'm sorry to report, I doubt this ability will develop in time. I had such hopes for her. This is a memo from Professor Carr to Lilith. Hmm. I have thoughts on this. Yeah, we're going to see what this means soon. And we are. This This is definitely, this is what's what's to come. And we also have kind of established that Carr is a shitty professor as far as Mm -hmm. magic wielding. So who is he to say that she's not going to be able to develop her signet more and actually be able to do it on a consistent basis because she hasn't even had a good teacher yet. That's a solid point. But back to the venom in the rainy field. Okay, so here... (laughs) And this is the funny thing about those epigraphs is they take us away from the scene for a second. For an ADD person like myself, I love the squirrel of it all. Yeah, well, yes. And knowing that like you're reading this little blurb and like, okay, so what what is this telling us is about to happen? Right. <laughs> because like, something oh it pertains to something. This doesn't sound so. good. <laughs> anyway, Venon's in the rainy field, but no biggie because the siblings are about to fight. Daggers are being thrown around in the same cadence as weird cryptic Venon messages. Apparently, the Venon says that they can bring the dragons with them. What? Does that mean that if you become Venon, you're still bonded to your dragon? I don't know. I mean, according to the interview with mm-hmm. Rebecca Yaros recently, that's confirmed. This Venon ain't fucking around. So you know what's going to happen? He's putting his hand down on the earth as the Venon be doing. He's about to feed. <laughs> He's going to get his venom vacuum hand. He's going to vacuum up the Earth's magic. That wave of life-sucking energy begins, and the siblings cannot run fast enough to get away from it. And the only way that they can dodge this is if Mira makes a ward around them, a mm-hmm. shield around them. 
but she's never made a shield. She's only extended current shields, right? That's where that epigraph starts to tie in again because it only says that she lacks consistent ability to produce her own wards without extreme emotional distress. It's safe to say that this is extreme emotional distress. Agreed. She makes the shield. She whips it up. She saves the day. And then the the venom vacuum just moves around her bubble. It goes untouched. There's I could just imagine this like patch of moist ground. Yes. <laughs> Green grass all yes. surrounded by dead grass, like something from totally. science. <laughs> like this, totally, yeah. The Venon still is not done. He has a plan and she is like, listen, Brennan, Mira, you have to run to those stones, those steps up there because Viscount Takara said some fishy shit about mm-hmm. some special stone that Venon can't suck from. And she sinks two daggers into his feet, just like planting him into the ground so he can't move anymore. Taren comes picks her up they fly off and then she wields and because of all the rain and the wetness around the venom no matter where she strikes she's gonna strike true and down he goes blessing and a curse she has displayed her beautiful talent to viscount takaris even though it was all a game set up by takaris and he planned this whole thing and was like surprise a venom isn't this gonna be fun (laughs) Zayden is pissed she passed she passed the test so they can strike a deal now in exchange for the luminary they'll give Takaris the weapons that the luminary helps make and they have to take the flyers back to Arisha to train Mm. with the writers and this should be fun and we're into chapter 43 and we learn (laughs) the luminary (laughs) is a huge blue crystal ring okay I did not see that coming It's going to be important for a theory I have. Hint, hint. (laughs) Fast forward. The flyers and the writers are now all together in Arisha. One big, not so happy family. And apparently Brennan sees how they're bickering with each other because he thinks it would be a fucking brilliant idea to send them all to get to know each other on a get to know your neighbor hike on this (laughs) ridiculous try not to die side of the cliff hike yeah and we're we're thinking like brennan could we could we just do trust falls instead like is there (laughs) is there a different method to get us to like each other do we really have to team building icebreakers anything else (laughs) yeah oh my gosh but no no they're going on the hike taryn thinks it's laughable to <laughs> take them on this hike, okay? He says, take them on a walk and let them prove themselves. Whew. But not surprisingly, yeah. Catch Drift gets assigned to hike with Rhiannon's Iron Squad. Because hmm. why wouldn't they? Coinkydink, mm. naturally. <laughs> I'm with Taryn. <laughs> There's some conversations that happen on the hike, particularly between Sloane, Violet, and Marin. Marin's a flyer who happens to be the caddy ex's best friend. And honestly, I kind of like Marin. Marin's kind of cool. I find it hard to believe that she's Kat's bestie, but that's neither here nor there. The hike goes on mm-hmm. and we feel this wave of magic amongst the troop. We're like, what does that mean? What was that? What was that? And we learn that there's a hatchling in Arisha that changes the magic of the land. Also tied to that thermogenic yes. land above the Ryerson house. Yep. Mm. On the nose. Tangled webs. We weave. (laughs) Oh, Rebecca. (laughs) All right. 
The hike continues and the flyers and the riders get more and more anxious and more and more tired and they come to a trap on the trail. Arrows are going to fly at them or something's going to happen. They have to dodge the trap. So in order to do that, they have to jump over it. There's no going around it. But it's hard to jump for the smaller ladies in the group. So Violet's pretty small. Luella cannot jump this and they're really worried about it. So Violet tries to be solution-minded and puts Dane, has Riddick put Dane's dagger in the side of the cliff so that they can leverage off the cliff and jump over this. Now everybody jumps over it. Violet goes next. She leverages the the dagger, I think, and then gets to the other side. And she's like, see, Luella, if I can do it, you can do it. Come on, girl, you got this. Mm-hmm. Luella does it. Barely. She barely does it. And she overcorrects so much that she almost goes flying off the cliff. And she takes Vizia, another writer, with her over the cliff. They're both falling. Violet grabs her. It's so fast. It happens so fast. Violet's shoulder slams out. She can't hold on. Riddick runs to grab Violet, but sets the trap off. Arrows go in Riddick's side. She's trying to pull them up. Luella goes. We lose Luella. And it's just so sad. We turn. Riddick's needing help. He's got arrows in his side. He needs to be mended. Stat. Trust hike just turned real. It sucks. Mm -hmm. Moving into chapter 44, Riddick is safe, but harmed. Caddy X is pissed. Pissed. Thinks Violet did it all on purpose. Violet didn't do it on purpose. The fact that she let go of a flyer and not a rider is, it's game enough for Cat to be game on. We Mm -hmm. hate you now. Mm -hmm. But Dane won't let it happen. Dane's like, listen, Cat, take one step toward Violet and I will throw you off this fucking cliff myself. Unlike Ryerson, I don't give a shit who your uncle is. Get it, Dane. First of all, how does Dane know all that? Tomorrow's questions. Okay. (laughs) Add it to the list. (laughs) Luella's griffin is dying. Something is sneaking over the edge and we don't know what it is, but it grabs the griffin, pulls it down. And we all immediately, collectively know that it's a wyvern. Shit's getting real. Let's focus on what's going on. We need to save Riddick. Riddick has to reach the summit so he can get mended. And so that the other riders can mount their dragons. And battle fucking wyvern, because wyvern are there now. And Riddick Mm -hmm. will not die today. Riddick will not die today. Let's all say it together. (laughs) My level of panic when this happens. I stopped reading. I closed the book, deep breathed through my panic because I was like, Riddick cannot die. Brennan's got to mend his ass off. And Violet's not even going to be like, hey, my shoulder's fucked. She's like, no, you got other people to mend. I got to go fight Wyvern. And Dane's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Would Ryerson let you rush off to battle against the gods know how many Wyvern or worse, the Venon who created them when you're wounded? And you know what our girl says? You know what she says? Yes, he would. That's why I love him. Mic drop. Yep. Get it, girl. I know, right? <laughs> so Dane stuck <laughs> licking his wounds after that fire that was spewed at him from Violet. <laughs> Violet mounts Tarn and flies for the Wyvern. And does our girl take out four Wyvern with one lightning strike? Yep, she sure does. Because it's real cloudy. And so she uses the clouds to her advantage. And she's like, I'm going to take these... Over here, there's like an air bender. <laughs> Not an air bender. <laughs> an air signet. <laughs> okay, well, listen. 
<laughs> it's been it's been fun. Let's do it again tomorrow. God. <laughs> that was a really good series though. If you ever get a chance to watch it on Nickelodeon. It's called Avatar. There's airbenders and waterbenders and firebenders. <laughs> And earthbenders. Okay. That's not what we're talking about right now, though. We're talking about this. <laughs> right now, we're talking about <laughs> Violet's genius brain at work and figuring out how the storm is working and killing four wyvern at one time. And she's a badass. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> That's okay. what we're talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but we are worried because that boom of power that was from the hatchling, mm. the wyvern must have felt that if they were that close. And wyverns share a consciousness with the venom that create them, which means the venom know there's a new power source in Arisha. New hatching grounds. Yep. And that is scary. Enter is scary. chapter 45. Chapter 45 epigraph. It was only in the last 50 years that we realized they were no longer solely coming from the barons. They'd begun to take recruits, teaching those who never bonded a griffin to channel what was not theirs to take, to upset the balance of magic by stealing it from the very source. The problem with mankind is we too often find our souls to be a fair price for power. That's from Captain Lyra Durrell's Guide to Vanquishing the Venom, property of Cliffsbane Academy couple things Ooh. real quick. How does Cliffsbane have an entire guide to vanquishing Venom, and Bizgaeth has zero, literally zero information? Yeah, and it says stealing magic from the very source, which I think mm-hmm. we're going to figure out what the source is if it's mm-hmm. not been hinted at so much already in this book, but yeah. we'll yep. get to it. Yikes. We are back in class with writers and flyers all together, and they're still bickering and cannot get along catch drift and our iron squad are called to the flight field and darna's there she's kicking it and her scales are shimmering and we're like huh that's weird anywho trissa (laughs) (laughs) trissa is one of the assembly's less grumpy members and she teaches a class on runes and is it a coincidence that this book of knots that zayden gave Violet was full of runes. Methinks me not. Mm. But anyway, Mm-mm. the students are learning that runes can imbue magic into objects. Kind of cool. Everybody's sort of like put off by this new knowledge, but Violet's like, I'm going to give it a shot. So she reaches for not Tarn's super powerful punch through walls magic, but Andarna's more gentle, sparkly magic. And then boom. Sawyer flies across the field. Is this a coincidence? Sure. Okay, sure. Well, we're just going to call it a coincidence, even though Rebecca Yaros probably doesn't believe in coincidences. <laughs> but it seems that the Caddy X is best in show at runes. And it's so annoying, <laughs> so annoying that she's good at something. I digress. Chapter 46. Enough about the Caddy X. Zayden and Violet have a conversation that is most illuminating. Sparked by the stone by Zayden's bed, it was runes imbued with a countering power that gave them their relics. So they held onto the stones as their parents were dying, and it granted them the protection from Melgren being able to see them when there's more than three of them, which was cool. But another theory of ours that died, that was way wrong. (laughs) I like that. I like that better, though. So I do, too. And it was Liam and Sloane's mom that did it, that created those stones. So Sloane's mom is a rune master, 
which is pretty cool. Do we know anything about Day, uh, Liam's dragon? Is that no. where he got a second signet? So we're talking second signet? Yeah. yeah. I No. Has, we have we talked about? I don't. That just popped into my head. and It's not in fourth wing and it's, it's not unless in... we missed it. And it's not in the iron flame because I would have caught it. So now I want to know the family history there because how else uh, I feel like there's the no other yes I feel like there's no other explanation for a second signet for him yes if we don't get where the ice came from in book three I'm going to write letters to Rebecca Yaros <laughs> and, <laughs> and the demand house. demand answers <laughs> red tower books you're gonna hear from us if the series ends and we don't know where the ice came from I I will riot street. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. okay, I'm sorry for that little squirrel. I think that's an important squirrel. Fast forward to the sparring mat. The um, instructors are like, you know what? Why don't y'all just figure it out the prison way <laughs> and fight, fight it, fight it out? Because this is your one and only chance. Because tomorrow y'all are joining forces. In a shocking, shocking twist, Cat's drift is just eyeballing Rhiannon's Iron Squad. Not surprisingly, Cat and Violet end up on the mat. And wouldn't you know it, Cat fights just like Zayden. And we no. learn that Zayden taught them both. Ugh, which is super annoying. It is <laughs> annoying. I got... <sighs> but we're jumping into chapter 47 and it has a pretty cool epigraph. Epigraph says, Defeating a dark wielder begins with knowing where they rank in age and experience. Initiates have reddish rings to their eyes that come and go depending on how often they drain. Asim's eyes fluctuate in degrees of red and their veins distend when riled. Sages, those responsible for initiates, eyes are permanently red, their veins per perpetually distended toward their temples, expanding with age. Maven, their generals, have never been captured for examination. From Venon, a compendium by Captain Drake Corella from the Nightwing, Nightwing Drift talking is going to be hard today <laughs> compendium is like such an amazing word by the way i love it i don't even know side note. that's a that's like a side note to a side note <laughs> but i like it okay unrelated very unrelated actually captain drake corella his last name when we've just been talking about catrio catriona cordella i immediately went to like is oh, this family that and was so close well maybe oh because remember how everything got translated a million trillion times? Yeah, that's just one letter. It could easily be. It could. It's a mistranslation, maybe. But I do think you were right in 42 that the uh, Venon Violet killed at mm. our Viscount's house was probably a sage, if not a very, very riled Asim. Yeah, which is, he was riled. Like, maybe if he had been floating in some weird box for a while, he was all fired up. What about the Maven? Do you think the Maven is a... Uh, mm. I have Zayden's this in mind. No, I don't think so. Okay. She could be out there as a higher up in it, but I don't think so. Is this, did you just tease a theory? I did. Stay tuned to theory episode. I'm taking notes from Rebecca and trying to tease a whole ones. bunch of things. <laughs> Back to Cat and Violet. It turns out Cat's jealousy is a little bit more motivated by power than it is by love. She doesn't really want Zayden for his hot bod. 
she wants it for his throne. That's why they were betrothed. That's why they were betrothed in the first place. She doesn't fight fair. And then she's saying these weird little things to Violet during that fight. Like, oh, he does this amazing thing with his fingers. I taught him that or something like that. And Violet's just sort of like, you know, she's ramping up because Kat's fucking with her emotions. Not fighting fair. She's using mind control. Violet comes really close to killing Kat because she's so pissed off. Zayden stops it, calms her down, takes her away, and we get to a good scene. And boy, oh boy, can uh, Zayden command a room? Because he walks into that throne room and he's like, fucking kick rocks, mm-hmm. all you people, out of here now. Mm-hmm. And then he tells Violet, this is my house. Which, like, mm-hmm. I just love this scene. <laughs> Sets Violet on the throne. Which she doesn't even realize what chair she's sitting on yet. She doesn't. You're right. But I love that he's using the exact seat that Catriona wants. Like she, that is the power she wants. And he is using that to, to like really. I didn't catch that. I love that. This chair is yours if you want it. That's how I'm receiving that. Like you're in this chair. She's not in this chair. And then he's like, I've never done that you know, with her or anyone else. Mm-hmm. Like you, you are the only one that gets me like this. Mm-hmm. And he just puts to bed any iota of doubt that we as readers would have that Catriona even has a chance in hell, mm-hmm. basically. Oh, and Violet can hear his thoughts. Oh, that's, yeah, we can't skip scene. over that. We cannot. This, that's, that's huge. It is. I mean, Rebecca Yarrow says that her signet is manifested in this book, and I think this is the beginning of that. We'll get into that in theories as well. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on her second signet, but I do think this is related to that too. Basically, Zayden snaps her out of her emotional outburst and says, and has like a bootstrap talk with her too, and is like, look, Catriona didn't give you those emotions. You already had those emotions. She just amplified them. Mm -hmm. I'm appalled. At why you think you're inferior to her. Stop it. And slapped her out of it. Not literally. We need Taryn's advice again. Like this line of thinking does not serve you. Get rid of it. And we start to love Zayden again. We're a little less mad at him for the secrets. Mm -hmm. Entering into 49. Today is the day the squad absorbs the drift. Another non-shocking surprise is Rhiannon's Iron Squad absorbs Kat's drift. Rhee, Riddick, and Sawyer are all like, why do we have to take them? And Violet's like, why are you shocked? Like, they are the best drift. We are the best squad. Why would we not get matched up? Yeah, but Kat gets catty again and starts verbal diarrhea or whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Violet is like, hey, remember that little trick you taught him with his fingers? Thanks. And just like says thanks. And then Imogen fucking loses it. I just love that fucking scene. But Violet has bigger fish to fry, like translating Work's journal. And who better to help than Dane? She hinted in Fourth Wing that Dane is really good with that language. So we're excited about Dane's little redemption arc. And that brings us into chapter 50. Starts with the epigraph. Mastery of one signet does not occur at Bezgaith, nor in the years directly after. No writer alive truly believes they've reached their limitations of their power. The dead ones may feel differently from Major Ephendra unauthorized. We're still not knowing who Major Ephendra is. I'm torn on her allegiance or his or her allegiance because some of her blurbs 
some of her epigraphs are really good and give me hints on one side and some of them are like that was lame and we get get to do a whole episode on epigraphs here it's funny to me that you said she for major ephedra because i don't think we've ever been told if it's like what her pronoun is I, but I automatically assume, like, I think she in my head as well, so... Maybe that's the energy that we're picking up on. I think she's good. Whoever she is, I think she's good. I lean that way, too. All right, chapter 50, Violet is gaining control with her lightning. We're back in the field with Felix, and he's teaching her, and she's using the conduit, and she's doing better. And it's a good thing, too, because it sounds like Venon are just sacking cities left and right. This whole chapter was sort of just detailing that. Mm-hmm. The Venon are on the move. And then we get into chapter 51, which has another awesome epigraph. Many of our most esteemed tacticians have tried to estimate the approaching tipping point where the outcome of the war may have been decided, even though we still fight. Many believe it will come in the next decade. I fear it will arrive much sooner than that. From Captain Lyra Durrell's Guide to Vanquishing the Venon, property of Cliffsbane Academy. It's more proof that Cliffsbane kept much better information about Venon. And Cliffsbane was in Zoila, right? Mm-hmm. And Venon sacked Zoila, which means Venon either have access to their archives or maybe they don't. I feel like Cliffsbane's archives are going to come into play in later books. I think so. Cliffsbane is much closer to the Barrens too, which is where they're kind of where they originate, if you will. Yeah, that's their that's their hometown. All right, chapter 51, we are witnessing for the first time, Zayden's internal defeat, like his mm-hmm. feeling of just sadness. He's sitting on the roof. Violet comes out to get him and she brings him a, a slice of chocolate cake. They just have this moment where Zayden's like, I think we're 50 years too late. So Violet gets this little fire under her and she's like, we got to translate. She's back in the library with Dane trying to get to it. And she comes to this realization that she had mistranslated Work's journal. It wasn't Iron Rain. It was Iron Flame. Now we have our book's namesake. Mm -hmm. And also, it's not humans that need to raise the wards. It's the dragons. So we're getting closer, guys. We're getting closer. Hold on. Obviously, dragons made it the first time. Like, they raised the wards the first time. They didn't want to, you know, like, chime in and be like, actually, you're wrong. It's not you that needs to imbue this rock. It's us. Like, how did they, how would they not know? In their defense, Taryn's only a hundred years old and the wards were raised. You don't think that kind of information got passed down in dragon world? I don't know, because to your point, I think they would have said something. They want to protect their hatching grounds from the venom too. I, they better not have known. If that's a secret that comes out, I'm going to be really mad. <laughs> Who? Let's just leave it at that. They better not have known. I think that's a good point, though. Chapter 52. So much is happening. The wards give Arisha fighting chance. So that's Violet's main goal. But if she's successful, then the flyers will lose connection to their griffins and lose their powers. Mm-hmm. She has a talk with Rihanna and they're like, we have to do the right thing. We have to tell the flyers that this is what we're doing. And, they're, and give them a choice. Like, you can stay or you can go. Staying means you're going to lose power. Mm -hmm. Going means you're going to be vulnerable to Venom. (laughs) And Kat is pissed. I'll give her this one. Yeah, I would be too. I mean, that's a shitty choice. Mm -hmm. But Sloane kind of comes to with a gift, like a consolation prize, if you will, and says this stone, it's called Mayorzite. You mentioned this in our reaction video. It's explosive. That's kind of cool. Look, that was was nice. The Mary, what did they have what did they have their hands into? 
they talk about a building in the Battle of Resin that explodes. Her mom protected them all. Heidi, you just blew my yeah. mind. The building was made of maorazite in Fourth Wing in Resin. <laughs> it's amazing what happens when I get a little so sleep. Impressed with you. <laughs> and it's like the tip of the iceberg because Sloane being a siphon, like, come on. Moving on. In chapter 52, Violet's nightmares are back. And unsurprisingly, she wakes up and Zayden's there because he always seems to be mm-hmm. there when the nightmares happen. I feel like we should leave it there. Hinting we'll at just, theory. we'll come back to it. And then they're on the flight field in Arisha, and there is a challenge waiting for the group. Remember, important as we go into chapter 53, that Rhiannon's Iron Squad and Kat's Drift are now one, okay? So the challenge for the group is to find the most imbued stones within these boxes, within a certain radius of the flight field. Everybody pairs up. Violet pairs with Physia, Sloane with the Caddy X, and Sloane does not like the Mm -hmm, Caddy X. Like, there's history there. She's, I don't think she's ever liked her. And Caddy X is being especially lame. Taryn is like, there's energy in this cave system over here. You guys should go look there. They go in through this little opening that Taryn can't fit in because he's humongous tense conversations between them, including Sloan casually mentioning that someone who bonded a dragon whose previous writer was in a di- direct familial line either gets a second signet or goes mad. And Violet <laughs> has a little internal brain implosion. Oh, Zayden told me once that Sigail was bonded to his grandfather. We're going to come back to that. But they find this box with the rune in it. And Terrence says something really interesting. It smells like stolen magic in the cave. And this is right before, boom, in pops Solus, the one-eyed Varish demon dragon, <laughs> kills Visia instantly. Solus's tongue is like curling, you know. Before we move into all of the action in the cave, the stolen magic line has to be talked about because that is what Venon do. They steal magic. Can dragon be Venon? Dragon be Venon? Oh my gosh. And it also mentions his stinky breath. (laughs) Follow the trails. There's only one other mention of stinky breath in a dragon and that's Dane's dragon. That was like last year in the book. <laughs> that's what it feels like. We're talking about this in the theories episode, okay? Yes. Stay tuned. Chapter 54. And Darna rushes in and throws her wings over like the whole team and protects them all. And she says, Do not breathe. Like the heat will scorch your lungs. Don't breathe. Sloane grasps onto Kat and Kat says, Let go. You're draining my power. But right now, the threat is soulless. And Darna's going for his neck. Cat and Sloane pull Violet to safety. Back on the other side, Sloane's freaking out. She's like, what did I do? Violet's like, don't panic. It's mm-hmm. you're, you're fine. You're just a siphon. Your signet just manifested. Then, and Darna is okay. She walks out of the cave system, that little pocket that they were in, and there's blood dripping from her scorpion tail, which is poisonous. And she killed Solus. There is a lot to unpack there, I think. But we're going to fast forward to the Ryerson house where Kat... When they get back, yeah. And Kat makes sure Violet sees a healer. And Zayden walks in and is kind of pissed that Kat's there. And Kat's like, Violet saved our lives. I owe her one. I think we're going to get past this little skerfuffle thing that we have between each other. (laughs) 
And then she leaves and Zayden and Violet are... Fighting again. And Zayden's like, are you ready to talk about the deal I made with your mother? That was that emotional turmoil that we all experienced in chapter 54. Moving into chapter 55, we get into that conversation between Violet and Zayden. Violet's like, how did you even know that I wanted to ask you about that? After a good bit of bickering, Zayden keeps going on and on and on about trust and why Violet's afraid to ask the questions. All this weird shit he has about her questions. Violet's like, I'm kind of tired of guessing which questions to ask. Can you just like tell me shit? Why do I have to figure it out and then ask? And then she's like, okay, listen, are there any secrets about Mira? And then he brushes past that. Mm -hmm. That better be addressed in another book. I'm telling you. And then she finally womans up and she's like, look, all right, you want, you want real? You want to know, you want a good question? Is that what you're looking for, Zayden? What's your second signet? And he just pales. Oh my gosh, yes, he panics. Mm -hmm. Saved by the bell, though, because Brennan banging on the door during this. Oh, yeah. Wyvern are on their way. Whatever's going on here has to wait. We, we got to get our asses out there. Mm-hmm. We got to try and raise these wards. <laughs> the other thing, like we kind of already said, we cannot skip over the mirror question because he definitely knows something. And I cannot get it out of my head that... Mira and Violet don't have the same dad and he knows about it. You mentioned the quote. Lilith was like, you're the last of him. Mm -hmm. Chapter 56. Wyverns are on their way. They got to try and raise the wards again. Violet knows that they need dragons and they all race towards the wardstone. The power surge, when they get there after the dragons do this, it can be felt, but it's not quite the same feel as the Bazgayeth wards. We assume it works. Because of that power surge. But Zayden's like, look, we can't, we don't really have time to test it. Mm-hmm. Like, we raise the wards, now we gotta, we gotta boogie out to fight. So they mount their dragons and they go hunting for Wyvern. They go to the very edges of Arisha, like on the cliffs, and kind of keep watch. And in this spot, because their dragons are the fastest, they get some time alone. And they can get back to their conversation. Violet lets her guards down just a little bit enough to feel like the terror, the absolute fear in Zayden about this question. He's like, how long do you think it'll take to fall out of love with me? It's confirmed that he does have a second signet. Tarn just growls. He's this anger, this emotion comes over Violet and she knows that it's Tarn's and he, it's betrayal. It's betrayal that she feels because Sigail didn't tell him Violet blocks him out. She probably shows it on her face, like how panicked she is to realize because that's a death sentence. She's running through all of the information in her head and she's Mm -hmm. like showing all of her emotions on her face. And he's like less than a minute. Violet kind of filters through all these emotions. She's very good at that. And is like, look, my love isn't fickle. Basically, she's like, I still love you, but please just give me some time to digest this. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love that. I do too. I love that that moment so much because they need that so mm. that they can be present for this battle for, mm. with the women that they're about to encounter. And they mount and they prepare to face this huge cloud of women that are coming toward them. And one flies through the wards and drops dead. Confirmation that the wards work and the battle was avoided mm-hmm. for now. For now. Back to the Ryerson house. Where the assembly is like, we need to see y'all right now. 
Mira catches her on the way to see the assembly and is like, look at this missive. She reads it and it's from General Melgren. And he's like, I want to, I want to meet y'all. Right before they leave, they find out Serena comes and finds them and she's like, floats her dagger in her palm. And so it just shows that the wards are not. Yes. Because Serena's a flyer. Mm -hmm. Because she can still wield. And she still has her power. All right. Moving into chapter 57. Take us there, Heidi. Chapter 57 epigraph says the day Augustine Melgren manifested his signet changed warfare for the kingdom of Navarre forever from Navarre an unedited history by Colonel Markham. This drives me freaking crazy. Why? Why is it Colonel Markham that gets to have an unedited version? Fuck that guy. <laughs> so 57, they land in Athbeam to meet with Melgren and Lilith and shit's tense. The meeting gets underway. Melgren saw an outcome of a battle. The Venet are coming for Navarre. They're going to Samara, there's that town again, and they're doing it on solstice, the longest night of the year. They aim to weaken the wards enough because Samara is an outpost and it's where the wards are extended to. And if they get it, then the wards weaken. And if they weaken the wards enough, they can go further into Navarre. So Melgren's like, look, we want you to join forces with us. If you don't, the Venon will win. Then General Sorengale wobbles a little bit we've never seen her do this she like loses her composure brennan walks out brennan has some choice words he's actually quite harsh lays into her and is like we're not gonna we're not gonna fucking help you you suck and melgren's pissed but he's like lilith you can say goodbye but fuck these guys lilith is standing there and comes to greet her kids and she just found out that Brennan's still living and she gives Violet Lyra's journal who is the one of the original six writers she says that Warwick's journal is not is not it this is the journal you want because he lied your wards are fucked up whatever you did in Arisha you have to fix your wards they're not right everybody's laying into Lilith and she's like look you don't need to understand my choices. You simply have to survive. And this is just confirmation that everything she did was to make sure her kids were safe and sound and lived. She says another cryptic thing. She's like, you want proof that your wards are fucked up? You go check those wyvern, the stones inside the wyvern. Mm-hmm. So they fly back to Arisha and Mira and Violet take a detour. They're going to go check on those dead wyvern that fell through the wards And they cut them open and they find these stones inside them. And when they cut open the first one and Mira holds the stone, the second one's eyes pop open. The wyvern, by the way, are connected to the venom. So do the wyvern know that the wards are weak Mm -hmm. now? Another thing that happened in this chapter, we should mention that Violet asked Zayden to use his second signet within 10 minutes of knowing what it was Mm -hmm. to check the, you know, intentions of Melgren and crew. You can't be like, you can't be that mad if you want him to use it for your benefit. <laughs> Chapter 58, Epigraph. The combined hatching grounds at Buzgaith is our generation's greatest asset and our greatest liability. From the Journal of Warwick, translated by Violet and Dane. This epigraph is what clues us into the fact that Violet is about to realize some mind-blowing knowledge. Zayden and Violet go to the sparring gym, which is where they seem to <laughs> settle, communicate settle best. their differences. <laughs> <laughs> they kiss and make up for the 17,000th time, and I think they're really working it out. They're working it out. <laughs> Violet has this revelation in Battle Brief that Venon aren't going for Samara. So she knows where Venon are posted up they're going for Bazgaya 
even though the assembly and everybody has agreed that they're not going to help Melgren, I think this knowledge that they're going to Basgaith just changes everything. And they're like, we got to, we got to roll now if we're going to help them. And everybody agrees like, all right, we're going to go help them. Assembly can stay here. Also during this battle brief, she looks over to her brother and he knows that she has a a realization because it's probably written on her face. And he just like nods, Mm -hmm. which is like, what? What? And then he's the Mm -hmm. one that said, we're not going to help. So I feel like, I feel like that was a fucked up Brennan moment. I need to digest and maybe we'll come back to that in future books. Chapter 59. They're going to Basgaiath. First years, Sloan and Arik are dressed in flight leathers, even though we are told that first years can't go. Zayden interjects during prep and says, Violet, you're going to come with me. We're going to go do the thing and like just kind of assumes. And then Rhiannon's like, I love this, by the way. Rhiannon's like, "Uh, homeboy, no. Violet's coming with her squad. We're a squad and we stay together. Mm -hmm. And Violet doesn't even say anything. She's like, yeah, that's what we're yeah. doing. And then Violet turns to Mira and was like, if you want to ride with us, you can, but uh, I stay with my squad. Brennan is the one who says it in the book of Brennan. Like you end up being more loyal and close to your squad members than you do your family and friends. Yeah. So so they get to Basgaith and they have a plan. They think the Venon are going for the Wardstone at Basgaith so that they can bring down the wards. So they all head towards the Wardstone, they run into Lilith and they're like, listen, you have to let us see the Wardstone. You have to, you have to, you have to. And Lilith gives in mm-hmm. and is like, all right, let's go. And they finally get there and the two guards that are guarding the Wardstone are dead. Bade, Jack Barlow's dragon, is there. Side note, Bade's eyes are opaque. So Jack Barlow is stabbing Bade's neck. Bade is bleeding his lifeblood onto the Wardstone and the fire on the Wardstone burns out and the wards in Basgaith fall the ward stone is then broken in half that's where we're left in this chapter what (laughs) there's so much so much happening (laughs) go on to chapter 60 epigraph says at its core magic demands balance whatever you take will be recouped but it is not the wielder who determines the price from magic a universal study for writers by colonel emazine ruthorn so many questions the fact that it's it says, or just that the wielder does not get demand the price. It says that right after Jack Barlow is the wielder in that scene. Mm-hmm. And how did he control Bade? Because he was wielding Bade, not the mm-hmm. other way around. Otherwise, he would have died when Bade died, but he didn't. Anyway, let's just jump in. Chapter 60. <laughs> we could go on oh and on gosh. with the questions. The squad comes to, in the battle brief room, to prep and plan for the oncoming onslaught that's when they find brennan and the first years and the flyers oh yeah because up till that point they didn't even know that they were there so once she sees brennan then she's like light bulb brennan can you try and mend the wardstone and then she sends brennan back to the wardstone enter chapter 61 though there is some debate it is greatly believed that turning venom heightens one of the dark wielder's senses it is this scholar's belief that the one responsible for the death of king grethwild developed keener eyesight for not even the best of his majesty's royal flyers could see through the darkness and the venom hid within to slay our beloved king that's from major edvard tiller's unaccredited study of the venom property of library of corden corden man corden's got some knowledge 
why is Corden have the unaccredited study of venin? We don't know anything. Like this is the first mention of this person. How long is the list of questions? Like it's like pages. <laughs> but we know now that venin have a heightened, one heightened sense. Whew. So they're all waiting. They see this cloud of venin fly toward them in the distance. No one will die today. In Rhiannon's words, Lilith sends a storm over the crowd of riders and flyers. Violet feels it. Violet's like, that's my mom's way of imbuing me. Wyvern get there. Violet takes a good chunk of them out before they even engage in battle. Lilith and her squad are the first to take flight, but not by much. Everybody kind of follows after, and now they're battling. We're all in the sky. Venon's on Terran's back again. We have a flashback to Resin, but Rhiannon comes to the rescue. Chapter 62. The easiest way to defeat a dragon is to kill its rider. Though the creature will most likely survive the blow, it will be stunned long enough to be felled. From Chapter 3, The Tactical Guide to Defeating Dragons by Colonel Elijah Jobin. Rhiannon's rad. She jumps onto Terrence's back. She's... She's a badass. Then we see that this wyvern has a hold of Riddick's dragon and Violet's getting another flashback from Resen and she's like, no, we are not. We're not doing this today. Sawyer comes to the rescue. He's trying to help, but another wyvern comes for Sawyer and whoosh, chomps off his leg. But Violet pulls some Mission Impossible shit and she saves him. She, she jumps from Taren to Sawyer's dragon, grabs Sawyer falls so that Sawyer's dragon can focus and then she's like Taryn catch us both he does and he puts them on the ground Sawyer is safe Cat's Griffin takes Sawyer to a healer but Cat stays there with Violet and there's Venon around there's one about 20 feet away one Venon gets spun out on her greed which was pretty amazing to see she's like i'm gonna take you to my master it's gonna be amazing i'm gonna be rewarded and then the other venon is like picks violet up and lifts her in the air but then the camouflaged andarna and she breathes fire the first time we see andarna's fire she on the dark wielder and he roasts Okay, Andarna, way to show up. It is mentioned so many times when they've been doing all of their battle prep and everything, Violet does not want Andarna anywhere near it. It's kind of like keeping the first years off the field. She wants to keep Andarna, the teenager, off the field. Andarna just keeps saying, I'll be where I'm needed. We find out she can hide really well. Take us into chapter 63 while you're on a roll. I am alone in thinking the knowledge of wards, the protections they provide, should not solely benefit Navarre. And it has cost me everything. From the journal of Lyra Moraine, translated by Jacinia. This phrase, this phrase, it cost, it cost her everything. Main time that we hear this phrase is always in regards to Naolin yes. and him saving Brennan and it cost him everything. There's all kinds yeah. of theories that fly around about Naolin, right? What did it cost Lyra, she's the one who like saves the day. She's she wrote the true way to raise the wards. She thought that it should be protect more than Navarre, and it cost her everything. Did it cost her her life? Did it cost her her humanity? We don't know. It cost her something. So we're in the midst of battle in chapter sixty three. Melgrin wants to see them. Them being 
Violet and Zayden, and he says, we have to protect the veil. I want you guys out of the battle and protecting the veil. And Zayden protests. And Jacinia runs through and catches Violet before she gets to this meeting. And she's like, I just translated Lyra's journal. It's not six dragons. Mm-hmm. We need we need seven. And Violet finally interjects the meeting. She must have had an epiphany. And she says, I can raise the wards. And everybody's hesitant. But Zayden puts Melkrin in his place and is like, look, here's what we're doing. I command these forces. Now you don't command them anymore. We're going to raise the wards. Enter chapter 64. How the hell does Zayden know the interworkings of Venon? Because he has some weird things to say about it. And he's like, I know that teacher of the Venon. And I knew he would be at Samara. And he knows all this other shit. Problems for another day. Violet gives Zayden a choice before she raises the wards at Bazgaia. She's like, we can only do this once. Do you want it to be Arisha or do you want it to be here? That was very noble of her. And he says the mm-hmm. wards need to be raised where you are. She's like, that's your, Arisha is your home. Do you want to raise the wards in Arisha? And he's like, you are my home. You, we have to stay safe. We have to stay alive. And I just love it. So they're racing towards the wardstone. Brennan has mended the wardstone. All the dragons gather round to fire it. Violet tells mm-hmm. Andarna, she says, I know you're the seventh breed. And Andarna confesses and she's like, but I really wanted to pretend that I was a black dragon because I really admire Tarn. And then Andarna's like, I've waited 650 years for you. I have to cut in right here because 650 years. When Fourth Wing started, it was the 628th year post-unification. So Andarna was in an egg before all of this shit started, okay? like. But there must have been another one of her den that rose the first wards. I, there had to be, because she has she had to have parents. Right now, they need to imbue the stone before they can raise the wards. If you remember back in Arisha, they were imbuing the stone over a long period of time. So to imbue a stone of this size yeah. is going to take a lot. Violet's like, I'm going to imbue the stone, and she's like willing to give her life for it. Channeling her power. While Violet is imbuing the stone, she can see through Zayden's eyes and see a sage is on him. And she doesn't see green or blue fire with the sage. She sees red fire. That's weird. Unexplained thus far. Yeah. Violet's draining to imbue the stone. She gets kicked off by her mom. And then Lilith is all of a sudden convincing Sloane to siphon from her to imbue because we know siphons can imbue just naturally she can just be a conduit Mm -hmm. basically from lilith's power to the stone and it works the stone is imbued but lilith is no longer with us just shitty sad scene quite frankly but the dragons can now begin firing the stone to raise the wards and that's exactly what they do as we enter chapter 65 epigraph says most generals dream of dying in service to their kingdom but you know me better than that, my love. When I fall, it will be for one reason only, to protect our children. Recovered, unsent correspondence of Lilith. This epigraph absolutely slays me. She says that she makes so many sacrifices and she keeps all of the secrets and she makes the ultimate sacrifice to keep her kids alive. RIP, moment of silence for Lilith. Listen, the words are up now. It worked. Wyvern bodies drop and like mad and the venom retreat they're like oh wars are up we gotta go 
Violet's like, I need to find Zayden. I saw him with the sage. Like, I hope he's okay. And Taryn's like, he lives. When she finds him, he's like, I killed him. I killed him. I snapped the tether. But then he looks up at Violet and his eyes are rimmed in red. He's like, you should be scared of me. And then we get into chapter 66, which is the only Zayden point of view we get in the whole book. The epigraph says, we have tried every method we know of as you requested. There is no cure. There is only control. From a missive from Lieutenant Colonel Nolan Culberzy to Lilith. Lilith has already requested research into a cure. This is from It's Make It Fay on Instagram who originally pointed this out. I'll have to, I'll double check and I'll put it in the show notes. She is the one who pointed out the ranks because this missive is from Lieutenant Colonel Nolan. He is a colonel in fourth wing, is the lower rank. So he wrote this Mm -hmm. before fourth wing. So why was Lilith looking for a cure back then? This is a very important little point of view. So the blur is sus. So anyways, after this, we fast forward and Violet and Zayden are sleeping in the same bed. So, okay, that's hopeful, but also unexplained. He has a nightmare, but wakes. Violet's still sleeping. He wants a cure. He's like, we got to figure this shit out. I'm assuming they're still in Bazgayeth because he's walking towards the clinic and Jack Barlow is there. He's like, there is no cure, but we're brothers now. Welcome to the family. In the midst of him being suspended in air by the Venon, there's a lot of conversation between him and the Maven. Zayden says, what is it about me that fails the females in his life? And this makes me really sad because he feels like he's failing. Obviously, he feels like he's failing Violet. He's failing Segale. That's not the only females in his life, though. Like, he has to have a mom somewhere. Did he, does he, is he, he feeling like he failed his mom, too? We know nothing about her, but that is immediately where my mind went. Next Point, the venom drops him. He can feel the power in the ground. He can also feel Violet draining. This is in the midst of her trying to imbue the stone. Segale hollers out in their internal dialogue and says, no, like you can't do this. I chose you. And he says, but Violet chose me too. And then he proceeds to draw because he feels like this is his only choice to save everyone. He chooses Violet over Sigil and Sigil chose Zayden over Tarn. And it's like this in regards to his second signet as the secret. So he got, he gets fucked again. The wards are up. They're stronger than ever. And he's venom inside the wards. Like, how does this happen? Or maybe the wards popped up like right after. Anyway, that's where the book ends. And we're left hanging off a cliff. Dangling. Dangling. Holding on for dear life. But you know what? If this didn't tee us up for our theories episode, which I am so freaking excited about. Yes. I shouldn't have yelled. I'm so freaking excited about. (laughs) It's going to be, it's going to be a good one. All right, y'all, that concludes this roller coaster ride of a book. We made it. We kind of survived. We are still hanging off of the cliff. Rebecca Yaros knows how to slay with a cliffhanger ending. But never fear, part three is coming. We get to talk all of our theories in the next episode. Can't wait. We have teased 
some of those theories through these two episodes. We can't wait to dive in deep in the in the theories. So tune in for that. If you have friends that are just as addicted to Iron Flame as we all are, please share with your friends. We want to grow our little book club and continue the conversation. We appreciate your support. Tune in for part three. We'll talk to you soon. As always, thank you for joining us on today's podcast. Look for us on socials. We are on Instagram and TikTok at BooksNarksPod. We are on YouTube. Find us there. Leave us your reviews. Leave us your comments. Leave us your questions. Till next time, happy reading, y'all.